And Ray and I lead the fusion team. Uh, I, we still have two kids at home, Kevin and Caleb, that we're raising. Uh, Ray and I have been married three years. I was saved 25 years ago um, at this church when it was Redemption Christian Assembly. Uh, 1989, it was New Year's Eve day when I got saved. And uh, so it was a little significant. That's why I remember so well. Um, does it seem loud? Seems really loud and echoey. Can we not be echoey? <laughs> um, okay, so like uh, Bill talked about, we're talking about healing and restoration for the next three weeks, um, next three months, and um, our acronym is FIRE. So we started with hearing about the Father's heart, um, then we talked about intimacy. Right now we're talking about being restored, and then we'll end the um, year with uh, extending the kingdom and evangelism. And um, so when, as we were preparing to talk about um, different topics, I had been reading a book, um, and it was all about forgiveness. And I didn't understand why God was like prompting me to read this, and then I found out I get to teach about it. So it was really helpful. And the goal of restoration, of healing and restoration, really is so that we can be free to be more like Jesus, right? I mean, that's our goal in life, is to become more like him. And um, when we're like him, then we can be used by him for him. And so my text today comes out of Colossians 3.12. And I'm going to read it in two different versions because I, I, really, I really liked it. Um, the first version is, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. In um, the message it says, So chosen by God for this new life of love, dressed in a wardrobe God picked out for you. I like that. He's already got it all picked out. I don't have to worry about it. And that wardrobe is compassion, kindness, humility, Quiet strength, discipline, be even-tempered, content with second place, quick to forgive an offense. Forgive as quickly and completely as the Master forgave you. And regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It is your, all, it is your basic, all-purpose garment. Never be without it. And uh, I remember Cameron teaching one time, and he, he said, you know, the Word of God is... I mean, it's his instructions to us. And when he says something, he means it. That's why he put it in the Bible. But if he says, if he repeats himself, there's a, a point. Like, you really should be getting this. And when I looked it up, um, forgiveness is in the Bible 42 times. He talks about it 42 times. So I'm thinking it's a pretty important topic. Um, in Matthew 5, 43 through 45, it says... You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. And, and I love that Jesus says this, but then he does it. And he does it in Luke twenty three thirty four when he was hanging on the cross and he said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. So he shows us, he's the example of being able to forgive those who are even persecuting you. So that's great that the Bible talks about it, but what is it? So um, I'm not super techie, but I do like my electronics. So I was like, okay, well, what is forgiveness? Google it. So Google says 
It is a verb, which means you can do it. It is an action. And the action is stop feeling angry or resentful towards someone for an offense, flaw, or mistake. I was like, wow, that's kind of, that's pretty right there. And then, um, but I can't just go with Google, so we got Wikipedia's version. And Wikipedia says, forgiveness is the intentional and voluntary process by which a victim undergoes a change in feelings and attitude regarding an offense, lets go of negative emotions such as vengefulness with an increased ability to wish the offender well. Wow. <laughs> wow. So that's a pretty good definition. But so, I, so now we've got a picture of what forgiveness is, but what is it not? I like to know, like, okay, well, if I'm doing this, what should I not be doing? And forgiveness is not condoning what the other person did. That is not what forgiveness is. It doesn't mean that what they did when they hurt you was okay. Um, and it's okay when someone hurts you to pull back from that person, whether it be physically or emotionally. That's okay. The, the danger in pulling back is where you pull to. Um, you want to pull into Jesus and not just by yourself and isolated. Um, I have a friend, I had a friend who um, we would lunch together and, and they were always late. Always late. I mean, and, and, <laughs> and it used to really bug me. They were like, always late. It's like, what is the deal? And they always had good excuses. I mean, really good reasons for why they were late. And I had a choice. I could forgive my friend for being late and keep my friend, or I could be bad and never have lunch with my friend. And um, the Bible talks about that too. Um, in Luke 17:4, it says, "Even if a person wrongs you seven times a day, turn and ask forgiveness." And, and turns and asks forgiveness. You must forgive. I like that he put must in there. And in um, Matthew 18, Jesus goes on a little bit further. And I can only imagine that Peter must have been going, Yeah, I am so done with John. He is every day, you know, seven times a day. And he comes to Jesus and says, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. I know he's not really, you know referencing that other verse seven times a day but I, you know I kind of was like oh maybe seven times a day and Jesus says to him I do not say to you up to seven times but 70 times seven why in the world 70 times seven that's a lot I believe that's because that's what love looks like love is forgiveness love is covering someone and that's how God covers us is with his love and he forgives us so what happens if you don't forgive? Well, um, did a little research on that as well. And unforgiveness, this is according to Mayo Clinic, WebMD, Psychology Today, you know, the secular thing, says that unforgiveness turns to anger and resentment and then bitterness. And um, the longer it's left unchecked, the deeper the root goes. And I, I was praying about this and I felt like God gave me this picture of what, what it looks like and, and the worship team kind of stole it from me today. But um, it is, it's like laying bricks. When somebody offends you, you put a brick down, 
They've hurt you and you're not going to forgive them. And then something else happens and you've got another brick. And then you start thinking about it. You're like, oh, you know, they did that thing. That's kind of like putting the mortar on, you know. And you're laying another brick and you rehearse it in your mind. And you, you remember what happened. And then you tell other people. You tell your spouse and your friends. and Or maybe it's about your spouse and you're telling your friends, I cannot believe what my husband did. And then you tell another friend. And what you're doing is you're laying those bricks and you're putting them up and you're getting a nice big wall that has to come down because it blocks you from giving and receiving love to them and it also blocks you from receiving love from God. Now, um, um, it is um, the other thing that happens is when you leave um, unforgiveness unchecked and it becomes that bitterness... Uh, it will will um, manifest in some behaviors, and there was a list. Um, I'm not sure which site I got the list from, but but it was really interesting that they said this is what anger looks like, um, or resentment. Um, someone who procrastinates or is habitually late, it can be manifested because of anger. Um, somebody who's sarcastic, or cynical, or flippant. Some people manifest that anger as a polite grin and bear it, but inside the resentment is building. And I, I, I've done this. Not only do I know people who do this, but yeah, it's fine. That frequent sighing that you know it is totally not fine. Um, excessive irritability, you know. People are just grouchy. Um, difficulty sleeping can manifest. You can't stay asleep or you can't get to sleep. And this last one was really interesting. So anger, resentment, bitterness can result in someone being bored, apathetic, lose interest in things. And really depression is internalized anger. And it's like, wow, so someone who's depressed could really be locked in unforgiveness. And they don't realize that the key to their freedom is just forgiving. Um, Ephesians 4.30 says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has also forgiven you. That's a pretty straightforward. You want you received God's forgiveness. Now He expects you to forgive others. So why don't we forgive? There's a list. <laughs> well, we don't want to. I mean, let's just be honest. Sometimes we've been hurt. We want to sit in a corner and lick our wounds. We want to fantasize about the cutting remark we're going to give that person the next time we see them. We're not ready to just let it go. Sometimes we get to that place where we've dwelled there so long, that becomes our identity. It becomes how we are. And we don't know if we forgive, we're giving up that identity. And that could be scary. Sometimes it's pride. Well, I'm not going to forgive them because they haven't asked yet. Right? Anybody been there? Well, when they're sorry, then I'll forgive them. We even teach little kids that. Say you're sorry, now you forgive them. You know, we need to forgive. 
regardless of what the other person says. Sometimes we are afraid because we'll look weak. That, you know, if we forgive, then, then we're going to somehow look like we're just a pushover. Um, sometimes we rely on our feelings. We're like, well, I'm still hurt, so I'm not going to forgive until I'm not hurt. doesn't quite work that way. You, you can't rely on your feelings. Does anybody know that their feelings can sometimes lie to you? Does anybody know that? Yeah. Um, sometimes we're locked, we, we don't want to forgive. It, it's not even about wanting to forgive. It's about thinking that the other person didn't do anything wrong. So we don't forgive them because they, they didn't do anything wrong, but your heart has still been offended. <clears throat> and I'll get back to that. So, um, but the Bible's clear. You've been forgiven, and you need to forgive. And uh, I, I, when I was reading this book um, before I was going to teach, the guy was talking about um, a gorilla at a zoo. And um, the gorilla was just really angry. And he was talking about how he felt that way. He felt like this, you know, just this angry gorilla. And so he's at the zoo, and I'm sure it's not every zoo, but this particular zoo, the zookeeper came up to him, and he's like, yeah, it's really amazing. The gorilla was so strong, the zookeeper said, the gorilla is so strong that he could rip the bars off this cage, but he doesn't know it. And... Sometimes when we're locked in, when we're angry and we're bitter and we're resentful, we don't realize that we're putting ourselves in a cage and all we have to do is forgive and we can be free. <coughs> so what does this look like? How do you find out, like, okay, so I'm angry or I have this thing or I'm always late or whatever that other list was. I, you know, I have all those things. So how do I, how do I figure out how to, how to find the root of that? Well, here at um, New Day, I know um, Cameron talked a couple weeks ago about, uh, you know, there's, we have prayer ministry and, and then there's counseling, which you can go to. But um, here we have prayer ministry. And so what does that look like? Um, so I'm going to, tell you this thing that happened with me um, I've, I've gone through prayer ministry lots of times over the years and um, I'm helping other people get free in prayer ministry now and I still have to go back and get some prayer ministry for myself but um, I got saved and um, and I knew God loved me he's a good father and I knew that Jesus was my friend and he died for me and I knew the Holy Spirit comforted me but I still felt like God really didn't hear me like I like he was pretty distant and he felt far away from me and it was starting to affect like even my prayer life I just was like I don't know why I even bother praying because I I just don't feel like he hears me so I was sitting with a person and we were we're just like okay well let's see what God has to say about this where did this start and so we just asked God God where did this begin and um, he showed me my dad and I was like uh-uh, because my dad was wonderful. He was wonderful. But my dad was deaf. And now, my dad didn't choose to be deaf. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he wouldn't have chosen to be deaf. But it resulted in me looking at my dad and knowing that he couldn't hear me. And there was a particular situation when I was a little girl. Um, I got locked in our garage. And I hollered and hollered and hollered. And finally, a neighbor came. <clears throat> and told my dad that I was locked in there. And I know that as that little girl, I just knew that my dad couldn't hear me. But what I did is in a, it, later was I put that picture of my dad onto God. 
And so what I'm not saying is I did not go to my father and say, because you were deaf, I have to forgive you. I did not do that. That is not what prayer ministry is about. Okay? Just want to make sure we understand that. But what I did do in that, in that time with that person, I just said, you know what, Father? I just choose to forgive my dad for being deaf. Because it, it put a hurt in me that the enemy was able to use to block me from hearing God. And once I forgave my dad and I received forgiveness for any judgments I made, I totally, I hear God, I know he hears me, it changed my relationship with him. That's what prayer ministry looks like. <coughs> sorry, sorry. Um, so a couple weeks ago, we, we bought this house that we're living in now. And it has a rack wall. And the rack wall... Thank you. The rack wall is all these big boulders that are all... And it's kind of fallen down. And so I knew at the beginning... Of, or during the winter we were like, okay, we're going to have to rebuild the rack wall. It's a little more ambitious than I really have time for. But anyway, so I was looking at the rack wall. And there's a lot of weeds in it. And I kind of let it go because I was thinking, oh, I'll get to it later. And, and uh, suddenly the rock wall is more weeds than it is rocks. I mean, it looks really bad. And it had rained all day one day. And um, my sister had come over and she's like, you know, tomorrow would be a great day to weed that wall. And I was like, oh, yeah, I probably should do that. So the next day I was, I was weeding, I was pulling weeds. And there were some really long weeds. And the roots were huge. And as I was pulling them, they just came out really easy. And God said, that is what a bitter root looks like when it comes out. When it's been soaked by the rain. And you know, the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit being like water. And um, he also talks about the the ground of our hearts. And so if you can imagine that ground is our heart. And when you ask the Holy Spirit to come in and soak that ground, then God can go, okay, let's pull this out. Let's take this unforgiveness and get rid of it. Let's take this bitter root and and pull it out. Now, um, as I was preparing for today, I really felt like the one aspect that we may we may have heard everything that I just said, but the one aspect that I haven't heard a lot about is um, forgiving yourself. And so I'm going to share with you about my journey to forgive myself. Um, we've all, you know, it says that all fall, all sin and fall short of the glory of God, right? So we all have done something in our past that we're not really proud of, and. Um, so I'd like you to consider that as I share. Um, I was uh, 15 years old, and um, I uh, found myself pregnant. And um, wow! And la- um, I got him nearly. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I I didn't know what was wrong with me. Actually, I was sick, which um, all, all six times that I've been pregnant, that's a normal sign. But when you're 15 years old, you don't. I didn't know that. My parents took me to a doctor, and um, our family doctor, and, um, and the story is really long and there's a lot to it, but the point is um, we decided, as this group of people, decided that abortion would be the right choice. And um, so I had an abortion. Wow. And I wasn't a Christian. I had gone to a church um, because it was the right thing to do. And when you're my age, that time, you went to church because 
that's what everybody did. I mean, Cheesy Pete's places weren't even open on Sunday because everybody went to church and spent time with their family. And um, <clears throat> but I did not have a relationship with the Lord. And uh, when um, several years later, when I uh, my first husband and I we had two children, and um, my um, son died in a car accident. He was 18 months old, 19 months old. And uh, the first time I walked into this church, uh, it was it was down on Burdick Street, and. Uh, it had been two weeks after my son had died and I walked in and Katie Duke greeted us because she's amazing I think she greets everybody I don't know how she does that but and um, we walked in and they, were, they started worship and worship was wonderful and, and I had grown up in a Lutheran church so this was a little different so people were dancing and even flags and stuff and I was like I'll step outside the pew and I closed my eyes and I was like oh and then I saw God showed me my son in heaven. And I was like, okay, what do I got to do? I, 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 I got I to gotta have a relationship with God. So I got saved, got baptized, and they told me my sins were forgiven. But I didn't believe all of them were forgiven. Not that one. All the rest of the stuff, yeah. Because I had reasons for all the rest of it, but not that one. And I remember every time anybody talked about abortion or they talked about alternative pregnancy, I just was like, I don't want to talk about it. I just, I just didn't want to. And one of the things that happened is um, the enemy comes in and he, and I think Cameron talked about shame, fear, and control last week. But I was afraid because I was ashamed. And I controlled my situation so that nobody would know because I didn't want anybody to find out and be able to just know that I was less than anybody else. And I could not forgive myself. And he even, you know, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. That's what the Bible says. And he came and said, well, maybe, you know, you you had that abortion, so God took your son. Now, I do not believe that. That is not the truth. That is not how God works. But it is how the enemy works. It is what the enemy will say to keep you locked in that cage. And <clears throat> so I, uh, I spent years. And, and I, there was a time where I finally went to do some prayer ministry and, and shared with someone about it. And, and we prayed through it. I could not let it go. I just couldn't let it go. I struggled. And um, <clears throat> about three years ago, it was right before Ray and I got married, we were in this, uh, we were doing a healing restoration. Uh, as Sarah and Seth were doing a teaching. And um, <clears throat> we were going through something and I was praying and it came up again. I'm like, God, I just don't want to have that shame anymore. I think it was shame, fear, control that they were preaching about. And... Um, and I said, okay, so God, we were praying, we, we asked for forgiveness, and I've asked for forgiveness for it probably a hundred times, I, maybe more, I have no idea, but I've asked over and over and over again. Now God's response is probably, already done, Kath, you're already forgiven. Mine was, maybe if I do enough stuff, you'll forgive me. So this day, I just was like, okay, I want to be free of this. So God... Can you show me how you see me? 
And God, God showed me myself in a white wedding dress. And he said, you are innocent because my son, his blood covers you and cleans you white as snow. And I was like, oh, well, if God says it, then I have to receive it. And now when the enemy comes and says, yeah, but, I go, mm-mm, because this is what God says. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> so practically, what are the keys to forgiving? <laughs> so, so practically, um, so what are the keys to forgiving? The first thing is to obey God and forgive, whether it be yourself or somebody else. Um, and remember that when you don't forgive, the person you're shackling is you. Okay? Sometimes the other person is totally oblivious of what's gone on. And um, I heard this, and I, I don't know why, I haven't heard it before, but I heard it this last year. It said, know that resentment is drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. You know? It's like, okay, I'm punishing myself by holding out on forgiving them. Um, The second thing is to speak it out loud. And I believe this really with all my heart, that speaking out loud, I I choose to forgive whoever it is, is a key. I mean, you can do it in your head, but then you kind of think, well, maybe I didn't do, you know, whatever. Speaking it out loud is just a great, great thing. Um, Stop retelling it to others. And stop rehearsing it in your head. Get that out of your head. Um, speak blessing over them. And um, my husband, we've been married three years. He is amazing. He's a wonderful man. Almost perfect. <laughs> and sometimes we have maybe a little disagreement. And I have a choice. And so I, I have learned that and, and I don't know why. It always seems to be right before I get in the shower. And I, because there's been several times, I was thinking about this, several times where I go and get in the shower and I'm like, oh, oh, Father, I choose to forgive Ray. Okay, choose to forgive Ray for doing this. And then I speak out blessing. I just thank you that he is your highly favored son. I thank you that he is all the things that God would say about him. I speak those out. And you know what? It releases me from that anger and bitterness. And, um, you know, the worship team really did. They stole everything that I was going to say. They talked about Jesus being freedom. They talked about the brick walls coming down. And then... Romans 8.28, when you look back on things that went wrong, things that, um, that you did that, that didn't work out right, remember that Romans 8.28 says, all, God works all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So he can take everything that you've done and make it beautiful. And the last key would be to ask God how he sees the situation, the person, or yourself. So um, as we close today, I just, want to, um, I just want to invite you, if something that I've said has triggered maybe a person or a situation or maybe yourself that you need to forgive, I'm just going to walk you through that just really quickly. But before I do that, I want to 
you know, we really value hearing God's voice. And hearing God's voice can be a couple of, it can, it can, um, you can hear God's voice in a couple of ways. And one of the things that I remember um, teaching on hearing God's voice one time, and, and the person said, Are you, you're not talking about audibly? Well, I would love that. It would be so, it would be great if God just audibly talked to me all the time. But that doesn't always happen that way. So his voice does sound like this. If you guys will, for a moment, sing happy birthday in your head. Can everybody do that? That can be how his voice sounds. And, and then I would ask you, can you all close your eyes and can you picture your bedroom? And that's how you could see something from the Lord. And the third way that you can really um, hear the Lord's voice is through emotion. Sometimes God will just well up within you. I know someone who's a crier because God just speaks to them through that. And it can be a good cry or it can be a sad cry. And um, so what I'm going to do is ask you guys to, um, if, if you would like to, to forgive that person or yourself. Um, and I'm just going to lead you right now. So if you would repeat after me, Father, I choose to forgive and then you fill in the blank for and then you go ahead and say what for and now I'm just going to ask you guys to ask God how he sees that person that you've chosen to forgive whether it's yourself or someone else Okay, and now the task before you is when the enemy comes to try and say something about that person or about yourself, you can take that picture and you can put it in his face and say, no, I've already dealt with that. And this is how I see that person. And you can speak blessing over them and you can be free. Amen.